0: Man, hallelujah praise god don't forget the uh tent revival is going to be uh in wapakoneta at veterans park 6:30 sunday night monday night and tuesday night and i know uh we're going to have a great word tonight from god i don't know about the other nights but i <laughs> and uh we're going to just believe god we're going to see miracles and uh So just bring the sick, the bound, and uh, we'll just see what God wants to do and what God does. Amen? Remember, it's at Veterans Park in Wapakoneta. That's a mouthful. Praise God. Let's turn our Bibles today to Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21. We've been talking the last three or four weeks about the laws of the spirit of life. The laws of the spirit of life. And one of these laws is directly connected to our subject today. Now before we go any further, let me talk to all of the people that are live streaming. I want to encourage you that you don't live stream. I want to encourage you that you find a local church. Someplace, your neighborhood, your down the road, next to the bar, wherever it is, find a church because you are commanded by God. You might not like it, but that's just the way that it is. That we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Oh, but I'm, I'm here on live stream. That is not what he was talking about. He's talking about you and your gift and your priorities and your purposes being used in the local body. So I encourage you if you aren't going to come here, that I know that you know everybody that is behind live streams saying, Oh, I can't believe you said that. Please listen to me again. You need to find yourself a local church. We love you, and we do not want to promote disobedience and rebellion. And so I love you, please just get up off of your backside, uh, uh, your cushion, your marshmallows, whatever whatever you want to call it, and go to church and learn about God. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, praise the Lord. And we love you, and we say it with all, you know, great expectation that you will find a church that will help you and that you will, no, let's not say agree with. Well, 90% of the people don't even agree with the church they go to because there's just this Adamic glitch in them. They they can't stand to be in unity with nothing. But listen, you need to find a church whether you like it or not. There's lots of things my wife does that I don't agree with. But I'm still married. Hallelujah. And you ought to find a, a place that you can just become involved in. Don't look for a perfect one or you'll never be able to go in. So just realize that you're going to have to just get over the problems that you run into and prayerfully present them to the Lord and allow your love to abound and cover a multitude of sins. That will be a great step of faith for a lot of us. But let's, let's get into churches. Amen? All right. Proverbs 18, 21. What we're going to talk about today, we're going to start talking for the next couple of weeks about the law of the spirit of life setting us free from the law of sin and death. Now, we're going to be talking about the power of words. You might say, oh, well, I have heard this. Well, these are life and death situations. Your tongue, your words, your confessions, your statements are filled with life or with death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue that releases words. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The reason that you love it is because you keep doing it. No matter what you know about it, you just don't break the pattern. And so you have in you the power of the Holy Ghost. And there's nothing impossible with you. You can break the systematic verbiage of death in your life. You can break the power of you cursing other people by the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. You can do that. And so it's time that you and I choose life. Amen? Nothing is impossible. Listen, I don't care where you are, I don't care how long you've been there. I'm telling you that your words, because of your position in the kingdom of God, your words can bring life out of death. And we know it's already done it when you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You were translated out of death into life. You were translated from beneath to above. And so we know that words work. But the problem is we get so used to hearing the word of the world and letting it dominate us that we don't live the life that's been freely given to us. But it does exist in the power of our words, life and death. This is not just about you having a good confession. I'm talking about you letting the Holy Ghost fill you with the knowledge of the words of life. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, first chapter. Verse 27 through 31. We're going to talk about the word today. Somebody say words. Words are very important. They are filled with the power of life or death. So we want to make sure that we are constantly releasing life. Amen? Anything that has to do with death, even though you feel emotionally urged, to express it, get a hold of yourself. Come on, get a hold of yourself. And that you take charge of the words that come out of your mouth. Amen? Let's be spiritual people. Let's be mature. Let's be believers. Let's be representatives of the kingdom of life, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Corinthians uh, first chapter and verse twenty-seven. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world on things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, these things which are not to bring to not things that are. Notice that little phrase. That God has chosen that which is foolish in the world's eyes, that which seems weak in their viewpoint, God has chosen that to bring to not that which is. In other words... God has chosen something foolish that you and I can use to reverse that which has already been established and may be dominating our life and our families. Amen? And then it says uh, this, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now the foolish and the weak things are those things that God uses to do what the flesh cannot do. These things that are foolish and weak to the world are things that unveil that it was only possible by God. Now, what are these things that turn things that are into the place that they should not be? They are words. They are words. Words are life and words are death. I set before you life and death. You get to choose. Now, the world thinks that is so foolish. See, the world thinks that they are the author of their own success. And a lot of Christians think, well, you know, I've made myself a success. No, you've been made a success because God has something in store for you. And the success is not just about you. Success is about the overall well-being of the functioning of the kingdom of God through your life. And then what we want to realize is that God says, look, I'm giving you these foolish things to turn those things that are into not. In other words, do you know your words can free you from the dominance of sins in your life that you can't seem to overcome? Do you know that? You know, you can create or allow the Christ-like nature to dominate your life when you start calling yourself something that God has already made you. And you will overthrow that place that sin dominates you and you will become free in that area. Like, you know, I I would... uh, Never go and say, well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm working on quitting cussing. I would never say that. I would say this. I want to thank God that God has tamed my tongue, and I'm not a cusser. I am a man that speaks grace into people's lives. I am a man that speaks good. I am a man that speaks life and not death. I speak things that are not as though they are. See, I I would really start talking like my father Abraham. That's what I would do. Now you can say, well, I'm trying this and I'm going through 50 steps of 57 and I'm on step 50 and a half and, you know, I've almost got cut. Well, that'll work until somebody pulls out in front of you and you forget 50 and a half steps. And you only remember number one and you point him to I'm on number one again. Now, look, we all know that we can fail because that nature is greater than any power of man. If it was not greater, everybody could be rehabilitated. But rehabilitation does not work, but a new birth does. Amen. And so we have to make sure that we start concentrating on doing things the way that God does them and not the way that the world does it. Stop listening to the world that if God works or if God doesn't work, well, that'll never happen, that'll never happen. Well, it will if God said it can and God has said all things are possible. Amen? Hallelujah. So, we're going to talk about words today. Let's go to quickly to a mark 414. I don't want everybody turning to that. If you can flip that on the screen, and then I want everybody to turn to Matthew, the 13th chapter, and verse 37. Now, let's establish something right here. The sower soweth the word. Somebody say, The word of God is a seed. Somebody say, The seed is the word of God. Every seed must be sown to create a harvest. So we understand now that God has given us seed. Now in that seed, God has promised to multiply that seed. Then Matthew, the 13th chapter, verse 37 I should have been turned there, turned there, or tongued there, or... Well, what I'm doing is begging you for help on the screen, but hallelujah. Matthew, the 13th chapter, in verse 37, it says these words. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed. Now, there's a good seed. And that seed is the word of God. It is able to change death unto life. It's able to set the captive free. And it says the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. Now that tells you where you are to sow a seed. In the realm of the flesh or of the natural. In the realm where Satan tries to dominate people. And it says this, The field is the word, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares of the children are of the wicked one. Now the enemy that soweth, sowed them, is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and of the reapers are the angels. As therefore, as these tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world." The Son of Man shall send his angels, they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that are offended and all things that do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire, and they shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the Son of the kingdom, and their Father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. In other words just because you started out planted in the kingdom, if you don't protect yourself, the enemy will sow you with a different seed and you will be lost eternally. Now, when we look at this passage of Scripture, what do we see? We see the operation of two kingdoms. The operation of the kingdom of God, which is for man's good. Then we see the operation of the kingdom of Satan. Both kingdoms operate off of seed form. And immediately we understand that we can see where the seed has originated from. Good again, amen. That which divides, that which segregates, that which attacks that which criticizes, that which breaks down, that which is filled with anger, malice, uh, 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 racism, whatever it might be, all those things, listen to me, stop! That is of the devil. Well, Well, they've got their opinion. They don't have an opinion. God is the end of all opinions. Could I get an amen? Listen, we need to stop justifying lukewarm iniquity. Stop. If you know that what a person is doing is wrong, then you either have the courage to rebuke them and to instruct them or have the courage to break fellowship with them. Don't be caught because a man that walks, according to James, shall be partaker of that man's sin. Don't be so loving of yourself that you are afraid to lose a friend. You remember, David, that man, uh, he ran off with another guy's wife, but uh, he said, you know what I liked about Pastor Dosak? As soon as I did it, he called me into his office and said, listen to me, you better straighten up. You're going to go straight to hell, and you better stop this type of shenanigans. You remember that? He said, I discovered that he was really the only one that cared a flip about me. But you think that your friend is going to love you when he gets to hell, he's going to celebrate your Friendship. Now you and him will be in a place of so dark that you won't even be able to see each other. Now listen, this is serious stuff. But what we do is we just refuse to acknowledge where seed is coming from. If seed is good, then it's good. If it's bad, then it's bad doesn't mean that the people are bad it means that there has been some step in the process of protecting a soul that somebody has missed thank you pastor hallelujah now both kings operate kingdoms operate off of seed form and seeds are words words are seeds and it takes People to sow them. People that are used by God. People that are used by the devil. Words don't happen on their own. They must find some place to come out of. And if a bad seed comes, then understand it comes from a bad spirit. Yeah, wasn't that a lightning bolt? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't don't be so uh, afraid of people. Be afraid of him that can destroy the soul and the body and cast both of them into an eternal fire. That's who we serve. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, they are seeds that produce life, seeds that produce death. The believer should know the difference. Nobody should be so spiritually immature that they don't know where a seed is coming from. But some Christians really don't care. I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody on purpose. But I want to tell you something. It is time to awake out of our sleep and live under righteousness and stop living on the verges of sin. We need to live righteously. And so what we have to do as believers, we have to judge ourselves. What's coming into our life? You know, I, people tell me stories, and I, I, don't li- I don't like to hear stories. Why? Because the end of them is always negative and critical and revealing of somebody else's weakness that you don't uh, approve of. Don't, I don't need your story to think negative about other people. I have my own negative train of thoughts. But, you know, people can like people, and then you tell them a story, a half-cocked story, a half-loaded story, a half-true story. You end up making a lie, damning yourself, and then you make the guide or the woman that's hearing it a carrier of a lie. Don't say anything that's not good. If the seed is producing fleshly or demonic fruit, then own up to it and change the seed source. Told a young man the other day when I was in Brazil, I said, let me tell you something. He said, well, you know, uh, my girlfriend and I are going to get uh, married. And I said, let me tell you one of the great things about marriage is this. You better get a hold of your mind. He said, what? I said, because if you have one evil thought that you don't pull down, you will end up with the bitterness or the hardness of heart. This is not what I said. This is what God said in Deuteronomy 24. And he also said it uh, in Numbers when he Described what divorce was and why it came about. And it's a hardness of heart. Hardness of heart is still in effect today. And it destroys more marriages than fornication ever will. Because men may be able to control their loins and a woman be able to control whatever part they call it. And, uh, but their thoughts are far more dominating than any root of lust. The Bible says that we sin not only through the lust of the flesh, but through the lust of the mind. But we are prone to think negative about people and try to convey that to others. My father-in-law used to say this. Well, you can't find anything good about anybody. At least he was a good whistler. I said, what? He said, in other words, if people will just blow air, at least you can say they're making some type of good sound. I thought it was kind of goofy, but... You know, he believed that everybody had something good in them. And if you can't find anything good, how about just quit looking? People go to the church and say, oh, we just love the church that we, we just went to. Well, don't worry. The way you are prone is you'll find something negative about them and end up with a hardness of heart too. Why? Because it's your nature. you got to change your seed source. I would never, I, honestly, I couldn't even think an evil thought about you. Not that it wouldn't come, because they come by the trainloads. They come with a list of names attached to them. I mean, and, and, and sometimes I find myself just railing people, even though they aren't there. I think that, that's what I'd say, God. He said, Yeah, that, that's why you aren't God. He said, Stop that kind of stuff. I said, But God, it's true. He said, I know it's true, but I got a whole lot of things that are true about you that I haven't showed you yet. So you know what? I just refuse to think ill about anybody. I don't have that freedom. Now, maybe you do. Maybe you've trumped God and God serves you. I I understand that. You know, it is the way of man. Romans, the first chapter. They held righteousness in unrighteous deeds. I understand that. But I'm not going to promote myself above God. If God said something is wrong, it's wrong. We sing that song, if it's sin, it's sin, you know. But I don't know that we believe even what we sing. Now you might say, well, you sound like an old Baptist. Would be to God, you'd pay attention like the old Baptists did. Now listen, I'm telling you, this stuff is serious, folks. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Believers should know the difference. Knowing the difference and living it is a mature way of righteousness. Being able to differentiate that which is God and that which is man... Is maturity. But that taking all of it into the account and choosing the negative is not the believer's way. Amen? Absolutely. And so, 1 Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the uh, third chapter. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. I was going to read more verses, but this will be one, and this should explain it all. First Corinthians third chapter and verse one. Here is a picture of immaturity among believers, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So this has been a process of time that Paul has been dealing with this immaturity running rampant in the church at Corinth. And it says, "For we for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal, and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another saith, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Are you not carnal? And then it says, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believe, even in the Lord, gave to every man." I have planted, and Apollos is watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For ye are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, and ye are God's building. Now, what are we to do instead of talking divisiveness and branding ourselves followers of so-and-sos? You are to become unified with the house that God has planted you in. That's what it said. We're not of men. We are the byproduct of the increase of God. Now, he used men to plant and to water. He used men that were mature enough to speak into our life to prepare us for an encounter with God. But how in the world do we end up with words that are so divisive Against God himself. Who has enough courage to attack that which God gave birth to. Through his son Jesus Christ. The church. The body of Christ. Who dare should have the courage to divide such a unity. That God shed his blood for. Well, it's not the spiritually minded, it's the babies and it's the carnally minded. Hallelujah. Notice the state of an unskilled child. How do you what do you mean, unskilled? Who falls into such divisive usury of the wicked one? To sow seeds into a clean field planted with good seed. The children, the fruit of the seed reveals very clearly the source of every seed and its intention and the result of its harvest. The carnality and the unrenewed mind. The unrenewed mind. We are more worldly minded than we are spiritually minded. Now, let's go to Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, we still love him. And say, he ain't going nowhere anyway. Hallelujah. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verse 11. And it says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered seeing that you are dull of hearing. Next verse. For when the time that you ought to be teachers, mature, spiritually minded, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, who is that? The mature ones. Every Christian should be growing to the point that you can basically, quickly, skillfully know the source of a seed. Why would you listen to a story about another believer from somebody that's not happy with that believer? Why would you do that? Well, it would have to be that life and death are in the power of tongue and they that love it. We may be on the edge of loving untruth more than truth itself. Then it says, they that are skillful. In other words, they that are able to use the word correctly, powerfully, they are able to see the source of a seed, abort that source, and encourage the brother or sister to judge their self. Are we skillful? Or are we just haphazard? He that is skillful understands how to use the word of life successfully. Successfully. Now, let's quickly, and we're going to wrap up with this passage of scripture. 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. Verse 7 through 12. First Corinthians, the 14th chapter. Don't you love the power of liberation of the Scriptures? You know, some people say, oh, man, oh, man, I just, I just, you know, hate that I've been found wrong. Oh, I'm so glad when I get caught knee-deep in unbelief. Why? Because I can get set free from it. Because I'll tell you, it's connected to another root. And I'm glad when I get caught knee-deep in it. I love it when I am crushed because I have discovered something unclean in myself. Because there's nothing that I see myself. The Bible says uh, man, all of the ways of man is right in his own eyes. Only God can show you your guilt. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 7. And even the things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? And so likewise, except you utter by your tongue... Words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. And there are, as it may be, so many. Watch these words. So many kinds of voices in the what? World. And none of them is without significance. Go on. And it is therefore I know not the meaning of the word of the voice. I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. He that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Now, what is what what is the highlight of your pursuit? Edifying. Somebody say edifying. Not tearing down. Not criticizing. Somebody say edifying. Come on, somebody say edifying. Come on, somebody say edifying. It's not like it's a whole dictionary. Edifying. It says that not one voice in the world. Now, there are all kinds of voices. He that is spiritual and mature, skillful, in using the words of righteousness will know the difference and react the way the Bible tells him to react. And then it says that none of those voices in the world, in the world, in the world, in in other words, these voices are having an effect and opening as it were, doorways into the world. It says none of these voices are without significance. In other words, no voice that comes to you doesn't come without a plan. And when you hear a voice and you speak that voice, the word significance also means that it creates a threshold from one world into this world. So when you are unskillful and in your childish wisdom, in your rebellious, I'm going to do it my way, in your divisive, just destructive, critical attitude. Because you want perfection. You don't have it, but you want to expect it from me. Get, you're going to have to get a new life because you aren't going to get it from me. I am just as imperfect as you are. And if you could do a better job, I would tell God to hire you. But He never even sent you an application. So don't tell me how bad things are. Just tell me how disgruntled the child in you is. I'm not trying to be mean. But you know, Phyllis and I have been married 51 years. I'm going to be 72 years old. I feel 35. Phyllis says, I wish to God you felt 70. 70. but sometimes we have to have hard talks sweetheart you never mind uh, i'm just thinking about yesterday's exploits so uh, it, it, never mind I, i'm sorry i lost my train of thought of of how I, how i and how i seduced her anyway but and uh where was I? I? I think it's time to go home. Uh, n- no. So, but sometimes you got to have hard talks. And you know what, folks? I, I'm not called to put gravy on your potatoes. I'm called to challenge you, to rebuke you, to instruct you. Iron sharpens iron. I am really called to make you see the false foundations of why you dislike me, I'm not Charles Stanley. I'm not a Morris or a more. I don't even know his name out there in California. Who? No, not Morris Torello. He's dead. I know where he's at. Uh, The the guy that has the gateway church, who is that? Thank you. I'm not him neither. Oh, we wish you were. Move. I'm not him. I do think he wants to be friends with me on Facebook, but I told him no. He's entirely too nice. He, he would influence me. I'm nobody but me. And there ain't nobody in Bakun's but me. So I, I'm not trying to be anybody. And, and if you came in here with any disillusioned thoughts that you were going to get anything other than what you heard about me You've been deceived. I'll love you. I'll fight for your health. I'll fight your enemies. I'll plow through the mud. I'll do whatever I can do to see you succeed. But I won't become your puppet. I've been bought, I've been bought by blood. I've been bought by blood. And God liked me, and he bought me just the way I was. He looked me and had me scrutinized and said, yeah, we'll take this foolish thing, and we'll make something out of it. Yeah. So, every voice, now think of this, every voice that comes to your life is waiting for a spiritual activity to cross into this world. What demons are you loosening or what activities of God are you loosening? Opening a door that no man can open, only a voice from another kingdom. Hello, and you are the key. What will you do with the source that handed you the key. James 1.3 says this, down to verse 10 or 12. It says this, you know that your words can turn a ship around. You know if you will become skillful in the words of life, You can turn your ship to the port that God has laid out for you. You can stop hell from igniting its fires against your family, against your business, against your friends, against your church, against you. You can stop it. And then you can stop cursing not only yourself, but other people. You, you say, well, "Well no man can tame the tongue, no but the Holy Ghost can." And you're not a mere man anyway. There's nothing common about you. You're supernatural. Amen. You're born of the seed of your brother, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let your tongue be filled with grace. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you've given us the words of life. We are the skillful, the mature. God, we will open doors to the voices that come from heaven. We will open the doors, God, to that which you desire to do in people's lives. We will rescue people with unrelentless courage to say, stop, join the unified of the kingdom. God, let our thoughts and our verbiage be the same. For it is not our kingdom and it is not our body It is Jesus. What we've done to the least of them, we have personally assaulted him with. God, forgive us. God, in our ignorance, forgive us. God, in our deception, forgive us. God, we just want to be Christians. That love one another, that just love one another, and are willing to sacrifice God even death that Christ may live through us. God, just let us be the light of the world. Let us, God, lose ourselves. Let us embrace your way. God, pour through us. Pour through us that they might know us because we love one another. There not be one negative word, thought, come out of our mouth or being woven in our actions against another brother. God, let us love and be loved as we love. Let us not, God, be hated and embittered and hardened as we are towards others. Help us with the merciful hand of God. Help us, God. Help us. Life and death. Or in the power of our tongue. Let us not love the thrills and the cheap chills of destroying another believer. Hallelujah, Father. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah 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 actually do you know that song uh, beyond the open door there's a new and fresh anoint. would you sing that everybody let's just stand to our feet I believe that God's going to give us something new today leave the old guy here leave the old mindsets here leave the old Adamic tongue right here on this place where God is changing gone through the door, for the Lord will go before you into a greater power than you've Hallelujah. Blessed Savior. Urabas Shilima. Kandali Robam Mandala de Lobote. Heli Raba Shilipoko. Father, we praise you. Hallelujah. Jesus mm. Father, I lose, as you've said, blessing upon the righteous. I lose blessing, God, upon their fields, upon their economic situation. I loose blessing, God, upon businesses, favor upon their life, unity in their families and their marriages. I loose, God, a visitation for each house, a dream, a vision, God, a word. Father, that they would be refreshed and encouraged. Father, in the name of Jesus, let us rise to the occasion live by faith in the Son of the living God. For God, we are Christ's body. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. God, let us be honorable. Let us be honorable to this calling. Father, encourage us to believe the best about everyone. God, let us rise up and use our words as the sword of the Spirit. God, let us continue to declare over our brothers and sisters, God, the end reality, not the present reality. Let us speak, God, things that are not as though they are. God that which will be born in them will be born of God out of life and not death Father we praise you hallelujah in Jesus name Ashley can we dismiss with our